there are a lot of incredible smart women in our industry that have an, an incredible voice. There's so many women out there that have so much to give and so much intellectual property that they can share. And there are so many women out there that want to learn. Some women feel intimidated going into a bank or a brokerage or whatever and talking about money because they don't want to be talked down to. And a lot of the institutions are trying to make the experience more female friendly and they're looking for female advisors. And there aren't that many female advisors out there. This is the Personal Finance Show. Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. Elizabeth Namaski is the host of a new television show called Finance is Personal. On the show, she talks with women who are experts in personal finance while educating viewers about financial literacy. There aren't that many women on finance shows and definitely not many Canadians on TV at all talking about the financial issues that specifically affect women. I met with Elizabeth at her office in downtown Toronto to hear her personal finance story. I think the very first time that I ever thought about money mm-hmm. was when I was a little child going out for Halloween and we were carrying those UNICEF boxes. This was because we're already going out to get candy, so they're giving us the boxes to also collect for charity. To, to go, Use to, the kids. To collect for charity, right? <laughs> it's smart. It's good. It's a good cause, and too. at that time, we used to have pennies, right, yes. in Canada, so we had pennies. And at that time, you know, you would, you know, trick or treat and then say, you know, do you have any money for UNICEF? Sure. And I think as a child... I found it so rewarding to know that I could go to somebody's house and they can Mm. give me whatever pennies they had, and then I can go and feed children or help children. So you knew the result of this money? I knew, because it explained it to us. So I knew that there was something tangible that was going to happen. Somebody gave me money, Mm -hmm. and then I would deliver the money, and it would go and help people. Who didn't have money. And yeah. I, it, yeah, or didn't have food or clothing oh, yeah, yeah. or education. They could use it to, yeah, something. to do that. And hmm. that resonated with me when I was really, really young. Interesting that you would be aware of that. Oh, I was because my parents were immigrants as well. Okay. Where, right? where did they come from? So my parents came from Macedonia. Okay. But at the time, it was called Yugoslavia. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right? So they, you know, I, I was asked to do a speech a long, long time ago. And it was a speech called Change. And when I started doing the speech, I realized that the biggest change in my life happened before I was born. Hmm. So my mom and dad met. The next day they were engaged. So they met New Year's Eve. (laughs) Engaged New Year's Day. Married February 11th. That's quick. And then left the country. Oh, wow. Okay, so this was out of necessity or... Was it all romance and necessity combined? I think I, yeah, I, I, I don't think back then it was a big romance or a big romantic yeah. thing. People did it out of necessity, yeah, trying to find a better life, a bigger life, mm, yeah, okay, um, you know, and, and a bigger purpose for life. Sure. So when because they, at the time there was was there was a war happening at that time. Well, no, Not no, um, that was communism. Okay, and yeah, it, so you know, communism at the time. Yeah, they just wanted to escape. They wanted more opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. So when they came here, they barely knew each other. Mm. 
didn't speak the language, mm-hmm. didn't have family here, didn't know anyone here. Yeah. So it was just the two of them and came with one suitcase and I believe it was $50. My parents have been very frugal and they've been really good with their money. And it was always about, you know, um, do you need that? They were always good at knowing where their money was going and how to stretch the dollar. So they expressed needs versus wants to you early. Absolutely. They would say, do you need, and you knew what that meant, right? And so that to me, that instilled a lot of value for money for me. A lot. Mm. Of, I know a lot of people don't put value towards money. Not early, especially. But to me, I think my very first bank account, I was nine years old. Okay. Nice. And I'm still with that bank, yeah. believe it or not. And I don't know why, but I am. <laughs> Maybe it's laziness. Well, no, Who knows? well, that's it. Loyalty <laughs> is big. I asked people once, why, why do you still bank? Why do you still pay fees? I'm assuming, that, you know, maybe you don't pay I don't fees. I do pay fees. But some people still do, uh-huh. right? And they said, I like my bank. I don't, know. Be I don't think they know who I am. No, I don't go in. Not I don't. Yeah, I th- they don't know who I am. I don't think they care who I am. But it doesn't matter. You've never had a bad issue with them, I'm guessing. No, but when I have, I've gone elsewhere. Okay. Right. For, gone, for, for other, other products. For other products. Interesting. Right? But you kept them as a yeah. as a base. Yeah, that's interesting to know. Yeah. No, no real reason. I, no. Just I think it's just because it's been easier. Yeah. You know, my mother was always big on saving pennies. Like you know, like every pennies? penny yeah. counts. Every penny counts. Every penny counts. Yeah. So I believe that just because they were immigrants and they were new to the country, and if they had dropped into Toronto from the moon, yeah. I mean, that's how alien everything that's was a, to them back then. That's what it seemed then, like. It, right? it could have just been that. What did they do for work? So when they first came, my mother was a housekeeper okay. for some very affluent women that lived in Rosedale. Yeah. And at that time, she said it was really, really difficult because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think the TTC was 10 cents each way at the time. Okay. And as a tip, they would give her a quarter. And so she would savor that five cent tip. But it was hard for her because I was a couple of months old. Mm -hmm. Born Uh, born here or there? I was born here. Yeah, okay. And first generation. Yeah. And so she would have to carry me. And back then they didn't have disposable diapers. So she'd have to carry diapers and she'd have to carry my food. And she'd have to clean the houses too. Yeah. So it was really she difficult. She would take you with her. She would take, yeah, because she had no place to. Because your dad to leave is working me. somewhere else. My father started, I think, as a dishwasher, and he saw somebody drop food on the ground or something and pick it up and put it on the plate. Yeah. And he said, you know, this is not for me. This yeah. is a long, long Waste. time ago. Yeah. And, and he just went, I can't do this. Okay. And then he went and started working at Tip Top Tailors. Interesting. Uh, in the making uh, Yeah, because he uh, was a, a tailor. Okay. So he, yeah. he, so was, he did, they, he had transferable skills, which uh, unfortunately a lot of people, that skills don't transfer when they come over, but at least this was something. <laughs> right. So he yeah. had these incredible transferable okay, European good. skills. Yeah. So he worked at Tip Top Tailor. Excellent uh, tailoring. And yeah. then I think he ended up, uh, opening up a pant shop on Spadina, like Spadina and Dundas. Okay. Up above a, um, I think it was a Chinese food store sure. or something. This is the original Canadian story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it <laughs> this was... is what I think of when I think of Canada, right? Like, I think people building, uh, building a life. Well, right? I think that those people that came, I mean, my parents came in the 60s. Yeah. But there were people that came so much earlier. And I, I feel that those are the warriors, mm, right? Okay. So they just picked up and, and went you know, they were on a boat for six weeks to come sure. over. There wasn't, you know, uh, access to a quick flight. 
yeah. or, or anything else. So they were like in the middle ground there where it wasn't as hard as the people in the early 1900s. It was hard. I, I, I can tell you when, when you yeah. came in the 60s, yeah. it, it was hard. Yeah. But you know what? They worked hard and they weren't angry and they, you know, they... It was a better life than they had, maybe, yeah. or than they would have had. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. So but they're the, pinching pennies this whole time. The whole time. And so you're growing up in this. You're like, so when the UNICEF box, when somebody put a penny in there, you knew that was going to be, that's worth something to yeah. you. Meanwhile, other people might think pennies are worthless, which yeah. depending on how you Well, how up. many people do you know growing up that would throw pennies on the ground yeah. and say, I don't care for it? Yeah. You know, or, not, it, or see one and not pick it up. Yeah, I always pick one up. Yeah, I... Well, now, now if you see one, it's rare. But now it's like, oh, five cents or ten cents. The only time I won't pick it up, honestly, in the absolute middle of winter, when I have to take two layers of gloves off and like pry it out of the snow. Or, I think it's or lucky. The ice. I don't the, care. Will you do I it? Will you lucky. do it? Absolutely. I try. Or if it looks really, really dirty. <laughs> well, lucky Pen- penny came from somewhere, right? It's yeah. a lucky penny, so you I want it. Lucky twenty once. <laughs> that was that was a lucky. I don't know if you ever found a bill on the street. I actually found a. $5 bill or $10 bill, and it was a person walking in front of me. You and so, saw it. And so it fell out of her pocket, and I picked it up and ran after and, and, and gave it back. Yeah, you have to see it come out of, because you can't just assume, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, is this yours? You can wave it around. Right? <laughs> Who, whose is this? So, I mean, in a way, I got lucky because it was in the subway, and people are rushing through, right? So there's no way I can assign this right. money to anybody. Right. You had a clear person. So I, I got that 20 but that was very nice of you. You didn't have to do that. I didn't, but you know what? It wasn't mine. Yeah, and you knew And that. I wouldn't feel comfortable. If I knew who to assign it to, yeah. No, I, I hear you. And I wouldn't feel comfortable. It's not mine. That person worked hard for their money. Yes. Everyone works hard for their money. That's whether true. it's $2, $2,000, everyone has to work for their money. And if you were to lose $5, I mean, I have no idea what position that person was in. Yeah. And that could have been the only $5 they had in their wallet for the next, you know, two weeks. So as far as I'm concerned, whether it was $5 or $1,000 or whatever it was, that belongs to somebody that worked really, really hard for that money. Absolutely. It's a good policy. And if I can see it, you know, if I know, I knew exactly who to give it back to, then you know what? It's a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to go back again to the UNICEF boxes. Mm -hmm. To me, it's really, really important to give back. Mm -hmm. And I am a huge advocate for for giving back. And one of my big things is Canadian Blood Services. I donate all the time. And it's interesting because I was talking to some students. And I said, let me pick your brain. What wouldn't allow you to donate blood? And they're like, well, if, if it isn't a loved one, then I don't want to really, donate. Really, that's, that's their response. Yeah, and th- this was a random group of 16-year-olds okay. that I spoke to yeah. recently. And I said, if you can give back, yeah. what difference does it make? They said, well, I don't know who the blood's going to, so it doesn't matter to me. So oh. to me, I think it's exciting to help save a yes. stranger's life. I, I agree with you. Because... Yes. I don't know what your background is. I know a little bit about you. I just met you. Yeah. You know, you seem like a nice guy to me. You know, maybe we can hang out or whatever. But I don't know what (laughs) you've been through or whatever. And, you know, you don't know what I've been through. That's right. And the bottom line is my mother had stomach cancer a few years ago. And the surgeon had said to me, you know, you're young, you're healthy. Have you thought of donating blood? And I said, no, you know, I'm kind of terrified of needles. They they kind of hurt and I'm not, you know. I don't appreciate them. Yeah. 
And <laughs> I don't even really appreciate <laughs> the needle. And yeah. the surgeon said, well, you know what? You really should because you don't know whether your mother is going to need a blood transfusion or not. So I, I promised her. Okay. I said, I promise you I will go and donate. Hmm. And at that time, I was raising money for Princess Margaret a Hospital for Breast Cancer. Mm-hmm. And the girls that were on the team that I was raising money for, they said, you know, we'll come with you. So we went to Canadian Blood Services to donate, and we made it a competition. Mm. So who can donate the quickest? Gamified it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. You have to, well, you have to you be, gotta make if, when you're competitive, <laughs> you have to gamify it, right? And so we'd go there and, and, and donate blood, and then we'd have our pizza, and we'd be happy, right? And then it's like, okay, let's try it again. Now it's just a normal thing. Yeah. I don't need a friend to go. I've, I've donated over 50 times. Amazing. And, you know. Every to, 55 days? For men, it's every 54, oh. I believe. Oh, but for women now, they changed it to every 84 days because oh. we have problems with iron. Interesting. Okay, so it's it just specific changed. to the blood. Yeah, it just changed. It just changed. But yeah, it's every 84 days. Yeah. But to me, I really like to go and donate because I'm helping save a stranger's life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't cost money. And I know people are very money conscious. We're going to go back to the money part. Yes. People are very money conscious. And if you don't have money to donate, you have your blood. Yeah, you always have that. I mean, we don't get paid for it here, which is totally Who cares? Fine. You don't want to get paid for it. But you know what? It. I get paid for it by saving That's, three people's lives. You know, That's better payment to me than having somebody pay me, I don't know, what, what do they get, $30? I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what they get. I'm just making that number only, I think there are still are some places in Canada, but it's a good point. Like, like learning to give without expecting something in return. But we never should. We, if you give, yeah. you should just give from the heart. Yes. Exactly. And not expect anything. I think that's a good idea. You know, we, um, when I was working for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, the lower bowl of the Air Canada Center was open, or the floor, was open and there was a, a CBS uh, clinic. So they had, I don't even know, 20, 30 beds, beds there. Right, right. And I was in the company band. So we, we and we had uh, other people in the company who could sing. So we just did a little acoustic uh, performance nice. for everybody uh, getting their blood. Nice. It was a really good experience. And, you know, I think it was all donated. And uh, we probably had tons of snacks and maybe some popcorn from the concessions or <laughs> for people. But yeah, like, Look for these opportunities. Look for the ones coming by in your area. Look for coming to your work. I don't know. Some, that happens sometimes, right? Don't they come to they work? They do, or? but you know what? They have so many. Uh, I mean, they, they've got an, uh, yeah, a location right across, right across the street. The street. Yeah, they've yeah, got one at Young and Bloor now, yeah. too. They've got some really good hours, and they've got some mm-hmm. great locations, too. Yeah. But if you're a larger organization, yeah, they will arrange that to happens, come. right? I, I started traveling a lot. Then they would tell me I'm disqualified. I know, I know. <laughs> and that's so, so I haven't. And now we're in Hamilton, so I don't even know. I got to figure out the infrastructure. But uh, I'll yeah. go with you. We could donate together. Perfect. How about that? That's perfect. Uh, I like that idea. Let's definitely do that. I'm guessing Australia is fine. A lot of it's West Nile. Like if you, if uh, I went to Peru and and, and yeah, other things. Maybe to you and I we can't went to, go we together. Went to Kenya. <laughs> we went to Kenya. But not recently. But we just went to Australia, which might be fine. And if so, I haven't been to other places in call over, them. over a call year. Call them and find I'll out. I'll find out. It's, whenever I call them, they, they just tell me, sorry. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like my butt is poison. I haven't, I haven't it's handled... It's not poisoned. It may, be, it may be 
a little bit off for a little time, but it's not poisoned. I did feed a wallaby. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He was adorable. <laughs> it's a little kangaroo. He but I mean, a... I don't know what that means. <laughs> the impact. Meaning the, what the impact is, right? <laughs> the impact. Good. I'm glad you know what a wallaby is. Not everybody would. That's why, that's why I took I'm it that I'm an animal way. lover. Yeah. Have you been to Australia? No, I have not. Oh, it was, it was so good. Yeah, it's one of my places to visit. Definitely worth the money. I, I would say I'm probably going to write a post about investing in travel. You should. And how you know people think that they need specific returns, right? Like the blood. People think that they need to get a return on their, or their donation or their investment. And hey, uh, returns come in many different ways that are non-financial. They really do. They? You know, I was interviewed for an entrepreneur show with our chairman a, a few years ago, and they had asked me, they said, if you could think of one word for an entrepreneur or one word for a business person, what would it be? Hmm. And the only thing I could think of was kindness because everybody is so focused on themselves right now and everyone is you know, focused on their finances and hmm. you know, whether it's a job or rushing home or rushing to do this. Everyone's rushing to do stuff. Yeah. And I think that if you... Just take a moment and be kind to somebody, even opening a door, saying thank you. It doesn't cost any money. There was this woman at the subway, actually, just recently, and she was this tiny woman with this big suitcase, and she was trying to walk down the stairs. And I looked at her purse was on the suitcase as well, and I said, would you like a hand? And she said, yes, please. I picked up her suitcase, yeah. ran down. And then I thought, okay, I need to stop here because I have a purse as well. <laughs> so I waited at the bottom of the stairs for her. And another woman was actually helping her walk down the stairs. And, and we waited. And she came down and she said, thank you. I said, you're very welcome. And she gave me this big hug and said, you've just made my day. And I said, Amazing. actually, you just made my day. This is great. So, you know. Instead of just ignoring everyone who's around you. Yeah, pay attention. Yeah, pay attention. So... Back to you okay. and your finance uh, story. So we were talking about working hard for money. Yep. When did you start having to do that? Uh, did you have to work uh, while you were a teenager? Yes. My parents said, you know, you need to go and get a job. And, <laughs> right away. And so I was 15. Okay. And I knew, because okay, so this is bad, I knew that the, the local pharmacist would not hire anyone from my high school okay. or, and you had to be over 16. Yeah. And I really wanted the job and I really needed to get a job. So I told him I was 16 and I was 15. And then I told him I went to another high school. Why was this pharmacy job so important? You know what? I don't know. Was this working in the front of the pharmacy? I, or actually assisting actually, the Actually, well, that was just it. So in mm. the beginning, I was counting the pills that you would put into Like as a 16-year-old, you could do this? Back then you Back could. Back then. I think Maybe now. Maybe not so much anymore. Yeah, not so much my, anymore. My mother-in-law works as a pharmacy <laughs> assistant, so yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, back then, at night, after school. Interesting. And then I, you know, I started doing the cash, and then... You just like this idea to... of, uh, of being in pharmacy? This was like the lucrative position to No, be? no, it wasn't. I you was just getting paid $2.15 an hour. I don't understand the motivation. <laughs> I needed a job. You just needed a job. Like, <laughs> is, was there no like, like grocery stores or whatever other retail, things like that? This you was know, just the place. I think this was just the place that would hire me. Okay. No, I don't okay. think anybody else was hiring me at the so, time. So you learned $2 an hour. <laughs> so you're learning how to work and the, all the aspects of the business. Yeah. 
how long did you work there? Three years. Three years, yeah. yeah. I mean, in high school, that's a long time. That's like all of... Yeah, so... You, you basically, until you, you... Did you go to college? Yeah, university? I did. Yeah, yeah so I went right, to Mohawk. Right yeah. up to, went to, went to college. You mm -hmm. see, did you grow up in the Hamilton area? No. So you... Scarborough. You went to Mohawk because there was a good program there. Uh, took the television broadcasting course. Ah. It was the best one in the country. <laughs> makes sense. Right? At that okay. time. Interesting. It was the best one. And then Ryerson was a polytechnical. It wasn't a university. It wasn't a university yet. Right? But they would probably have the, a good one now. And or, or they the do. One. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the time... So what are you making money for uh, in high school? To save for yeah, school? Yeah, to save, to go away to school, and just to save. You know, Remember, I had that bank account since I was nine. But so what? I had to start fueling it and what filling it. What was in it? it? Yeah, well, <laughs> from nine to 15, you're getting gifts, that kind of thing? Yeah, I guess. Some little money? Yeah. Allow what was I'm guessing allowance wasn't a thing. It was like 25 cents. You okay, know? so you did you get Vacuum the house and you got 25 okay. cents. So they started that early. Is that like... I'm trying to think back. I don't to, think my parents gave me anything, really. No. Is allowance a cultural thing? I don't know what it is. Where does it come from? Like, why do people think they need to give their kids money? I don't think we got anything. And if I did, it was a joke and it was 25 cents. I don't think I got anything. So you needed to work to get some money, I guess. But it w you wouldn't have been able to make enough money in no, three years. But, right? No. So my parents, my parents paid for me to they, go to They did. That was, that was nice. Not every parent would do this. I was fortunate. Yeah. However, when I was in, in, in school... They told us to go and get a credit card mm, okay. to establish mm. ourselves yeah. back then. Okay. And so back then, I needed my father to co-sign. Sure. So I went to him and said, I want a credit card and I need a credit card <laughs> and I need you to sign here. And he said, no. <laughs> and I went, well, why not? And these words resonate with me okay. today. Okay. Cash is king. Mm. If you can't afford it, yes. don't buy it. Okay, so that's been with you? Since I was for... 18. And are you still a cash person? Yeah. Like if you, so like when you I have travel, to have the money. When I travel, yeah. Yeah. it's easy to put stuff on your credit card. Very easy. So when I travel, I will get X amount of euros or X amount of US dollars. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm spending. So you limit it to that. Interesting. Yeah. Even the convenience aspect, mm -hmm. what, is, what, what about hotels and... Hotels, of course, right? Hotels Every, so, are on, on my credit card. And so flights and hotels, things that they've set up that we can't really pay... Or a car rental. cash or those right. things. So the, only the things that you have to, but what if you're going to buy stuff or food? Because it helps me... Yeah, it helps me understand how much money I've spent. When I look in my wallet and go, you have yep. X amount left, it's like, okay... So I know what I've spent, and then I'll say, okay, I'll put this on my credit card or I'm done. But speaking of credit cards, I pay them off every month. Yes. I've never paid a penny interest. Every week. On, on credit. <laughs> every week. Yeah, well, once a month. I used to have eight credit cards and you know, $40,000 okay, well, $40, in gambling debt. So oh, yeah, that's okay. my history. That's insane. That's why I pay them off every week. Okay. The only reason I have a credit card is to rebuild my credit and for convenience, right? Because right? credit was not for me, right? No, not then. You know, when you have a so problem. So you you're not disciplined. Uh, no, I wasn't. So mm. I, I went through a gambling addiction. Yeah. It took a long time to get through it. And uh, yeah, it just was a huge mess. That's tough. But uh, I went through a consumer proposal to my creditors, cut the 40000 to fifteen, lived on cash for a little bit. So I know what that's like. Mm -hmm. Which is why, one of the reasons why I do what I do as a coach now, right? Helping people with the basics. Right. Because, yeah, a lot of people don't know this 
Cash is king. Not in the exact way that you're saying it. It can be interpreted in many different ways, right? I always say, if you're going to put something on a credit card, you better have cash right behind that to pay it off. 100%. It's just for convenience, yep. right? That's, and points, right? That's it, if point. you're going to get points and get, right? get really good flights out of it, why not? Put everything on your credit card, but pay it off every time that you can. Yeah, don't carry balance. Don't carry no. balance, ever. Some people are purists. You know, like when I was in my addiction therapy, there's two schools of thought for addiction recovery it's uh, abstinence and uh, harm reduction. So if somebody, oh, well, I'm just going to buy a $2 lottery ticket once a week just to keep it going, you know, but I'm not going to the casinos, right? Somebody might say. And the purists like me would say, terrible, don't do that, right? If your friend, if you're trying to quit smoking and your, your friend is smoking, well, first of all, maybe that's not a good friend to have. <laughs> but second of all, if they bend over and tie their shoe and say, can you hold my cigarette? The answer is no. It's always no. Not, I've never had a cigarette in my life. You know, me neither, actually. I mean, oh, uh, a tobacco cigarette. <laughs> I'm going to clarify that. But <laughs> you know, I've never smoked. I never liked the smoke. I mean, is that like why? Why wouldn't you have smoked? You know what? I don't know. Yeah, my mom would probably say the same thing. Just maybe it's something that just never came to you. Because somebody might hand you something at some point in your life, and you're curious, and no, you, you do it. No, people have always asked, right? Mm. Whether it's drugs or whether it's, yeah. it's cigarettes, and I've always said no. Yeah, so maybe it's a smoking thing. Maybe you just don't care to smoke something. But I've never... I've You've never, never done the edibles or... <laughs> I've never done drugs, <laughs> yeah. and I've never, never smoked. Interesting. Could be the, you know, just the, the way that your life then, was or influences in your life. Well, you know, my father was in the Yugoslavian army, right? So he was very strict, and, and so maybe, and, and I, you know, I do work in an extremely regulatory rules-based yes. environment. And maybe, maybe that's what it is. It because could be a personality I'm, thing. Cigarettes aren't illegal. No, they're not. But, but that's a so, preference as socially, well. Socially illegal. Like they, yeah. But they weren't always, right? Oh, yeah. Did you ever have a working environment where everybody was smoking Oh, my gosh. When you? I first started in television broadcasting... Oh, sure. That sounds um, very smoking. Uh... I worked in the control room with the stopwatches, right, and all the monitors in front of me. And there was a director that sat beside me and smoked U.S. cigarettes. Oh, like Marlboro's. And, oh, <laughs> in that, just that room that like you'd walk out. I remember, I mean, back then, too, you'd go to clubs... And you'd come home same. smelling like cigarettes or your dress would get burned because somebody walked by really, beside that, that you. Was that common? Yeah. Mm. So, so you're working, you, you get your degree We've from digressed Mohawk. so much this, here. That's what, that's what this is about. <laughs> that's what this is about. The, <laughs> there, but it was credit cards that brought us there. Yep. And, but it's because you went to college and you didn't get approved. But did you end up getting one? I didn't. So you weren't able to build any credit. Oh, so I, I didn't get one. And then I applied for a credit card at the Bay, and they turned me down. Even the department store ones. And then I got one at Simpsons. So, they gave me one. <laughs> which is not even a thing anymore. <laughs> That's probably why. Just, <laughs> so, but I was loyal to them. You had a... Because they allowed me to have a credit card. How long ago did Simpsons go out of business? I don't so know, in Canada, long, anyway. A long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Because it was... Was it Sears Simpsons? Or did they merge at one point? Or no. no? I, were they next door to each I, other? I think they were just Simpsons. So, and, then, and then they must have... 
done the Simpson Sears. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I feel like because I have that connection there. I mean, Sears Roebuck was before in the States and because of the catalog from the 1910s or <laughs> aught or whatever. You could buy a whole house for a dollar or something. Those are, if you ever okay, get one of those old ones. Okay. <laughs> if you ever get, okay, like $500, you get a house. I'm not kidding. Uh, if you look at these catalogs, they're fascinating to look through. You can buy everything in like a couple of, a couple of pennies. The internet killed the catalog. It told that, mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm talking about like the old, old black and white catalogs, like you know, way before our time. Those are very fascinating to look at. Like the the early uh, ancestors of the current, well, previous current Sears catalog. I recently. have I have this book at home that has old advertising. So it's, it's this really thick, it's about three inches thick, and it's black and white, and it's women with, it's with offensive. bustiers, and like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's racist, I'm sure. Yeah, it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't work misogynist. now. misogynist. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it wouldn't work now. Yeah, so they show some of them, and um, you're like, is this real or not? And then it turns out they really kind of just invented a new one. Uh, but it's so close to what the real ones were like that you believe it. You believe that this fake one that somebody made is, is real because it's, they didn't have any real, real worries about political correctness back then, right? I think everyone was just trying to evolve back then. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I used to get beat up as a child because I didn't look like your regular North American people. Really? They were calling me an immigrant and all these other because things. Because of your parents. But it was like, and I didn't understand it at the time, but I knew that I didn't look like everybody else at the time. And I'm just glad. I mean, I, I hope that it doesn't happen as much anymore with kids, uh, especially. I don't um, think it does, and I hope that it doesn't. But, I mean, there is bullying, and I don't even want to bullying go into that. Bullying outside, yeah. Because um, that's just another... Yes. Just another topic, and yeah, I, that's just too ugly to get into. But you started in broadcasting, so you didn't get a degree, and you had your Simpsons card, which we can talk about, <laughs> talk about later if anything bad happened with it. So why did I come to Bay Street? No, yeah, well, I'm just wondering. So the, the evolution, how long did you work in TV, like uh, specifically? 16 years. Okay, 16 years in TV. Yeah. And then, and were then you, I lost my job. Oh, that's. Okay. Were you dabbling in financial stuff during that time? No. Was so, what all happened was uh, all behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, it is an interesting story, actually. So, it was all behind the scenes. And I started working on Canada's first daily business show okay. called Business World. And it aired on CBC News World and it was owned by Southam. So, mm. back then, when CBC News World just first launched, yeah. The mandate was that they needed to have outside producers okay. in order to have their TV shows. I was working on the show for eight years. And, and what then are you doing specifically? I was a, oh, Everything. I was a script assistant. I produced. Uh, so a script assistant is somebody who goes into the, in, into the control room with the stopwatchers and, and keeps the time for the show. Wow. So you count into commercial. You count back from commercial. Uh, you count to the studio. You roll the videotape. You, you, know, you, you stand by. You know, audio, standby yeah. video. It's it's a really cool, busy job if you're on a really busy show. Yeah, it's and just a, to quickly jump into the future, is this all computerized now? You know what? I don't know. Somebody, I haven't been in the control know, does, room does for 20 still, years. Maybe somebody still does this in a, a modified I way? I hope they do. It's a really Hopefully cool job to do. Hopefully not stopwatches. Well, we did those stopwatches. <laughs> oh, and, then like, had, and, and then we one then was a calculator stopwatch. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's just but you had curiosity. to calculate time, right? Interesting. And you had to remember that you know so an go, hour go, go. is sixty minutes. This so is quick. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be on your feet for this. You're not like uh, you know waking up with two hours of sleep and then 
being able to do this well, job. Well, we did at the time, I <laughs> think, when we were, when we were young we were and everybody enough. did all that. Yes. So anyway, I worked on that show and I produced a segment. And then um, at times I was like the junior director on it while I was keeping time. Um, so you're having to have business knowledge. You have knowledge of financial topics. No, not really. No, not, you're no. Picking and, it up. and, and you're... quite frankly, I wasn't really that interested. I was more interested oh, okay. in fashion than I was okay. in in uh, finance. So even if you were exposed to the finance, you weren't really absorbing it because it wasn't your interest. It, you know what? It was yes and no. I took the job because it was it was more money. It was a new opportunity. Mm. But I would have rather gone to work on a fashion show. Yeah. You know, I did learn a lot. And it did start resonating with me. And then after eight years on the show, uh, the CBC took it in-house. Okay. And it's morphed into different TV shows now. But I think it's still there. But you lost your job. I lost my job. It just happened. And then CBC didn't take the team. And everybody had to re... uh, uh, everybody had to get boarded for their job. We had to reapply for a job. Uh, And that didn't make sense to me after I had worked at a job for eight years um, it seems kind and, of insulting. And then I thought, well, at the time I wasn't very happy. No, yeah. Um, however, going forward, I was trying to reinvent myself and trying to figure out okay. what to do, where to go. People are afraid of that. How did it feel? You were ready to do it, but was it really scary? One of the good things that Southam did for me was part of my severance, I had asked for them to sign me up for the Canadian Securities course. Oh, you knew at the time. And I thought, well, you know what? It can't hurt, right? Okay. And what I thought, about the fashion stuff? I still love fashion. <laughs> but, but you knew there weren't any opportunities? There wasn't the anything. Okay. Yeah. So you were going for but practical? But you know, to CBC's credit, they were trying to get me onto a fashion show. Okay. Um, but that didn't pan out because of the timing. So you know, to their credit, it worked out on one end and didn't work out on the other but end. But I'm still curious, since you didn't have an interest in finance so much, mm-hmm. why, why CSC? Why, why was that even a thing for you? At that time... There was a lot going on in the media. If you have X amount of advertising dollars that went around with a handful of the television stations, Mm. but now you have all these new internet stations that are coming on and all these super channels that are coming on, I didn't understand how everyone could make money where you just had X amount of advertising dollars and instead of a handful of stations, now you have... Five dozen stations. And that's why I decided to, you know, take the Canadian Securities course. And then I ended up, I ended up here. What happened was um, our chairman was a guest on our show. Okay, yeah. And so you did have the connections from the... Yeah. <laughs> you were paying attention. I was paying attention. <laughs> yes, I was. And, you know, I was, I was looking for a job. And he said, you know... Why don't you come in and have a coffee? Sure. And I was like, okay. He says, because we're not hiring. <laughs> okay. And I was like, okay. So I, I, you know, called him up and said, can I come in and have a coffee? Came in, had a coffee. And what he does, which is really um, generous and, and very kind to people, he offered me the use of the client room. Hmm. And he said, you know, I know what it's like to be out of a job. Yeah. And I know what it's like to sit at home and feel sorry for yourself, mm. why don't you come in and use one of the client rooms and you can network out of here. It'll keep you dressed up. It'll keep you downtown. That's nice. Yeah. And it'll allow you to go out and network and see people downtown rather than sitting at home and procrastinating. Yeah. Right? And hmm. I thought, wow, that's very generous and that I've 
odd. Odd, yeah, a little um, bit. But okay. Yeah. So I'll do it. Okay. So I came down, and remember, this is the time where the internet was just starting up, yeah, everything's, and uh... everything was just very different back then. So I'd come in and you know talk to a lot of the staff. They were really nice to me, and talked to different people, and got different ideas from from different guys and girls here. Because what are you trying to do? You're trying to get clients. No, no. I was you, trying to find a job. You're just trying to network with <laughs> I was people. Trying to, get to a find job. a job. Yeah, a job in broadcasting or anywhere. In broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, CP24 was just launching, so okay. I went for a job interview there. CBC News World International was still around, and I went and applied for an on-air job there. And then I got it, and then something happened. Uh, it, it, there was just so much going on at that time yeah. in the city of Toronto. Everything like It was, was just developing. buzzing, like, so much developing. So you're not even trying to get a job in this space. No. <laughs> no, but you had your CSC. No, I no, didn't. No, not even no yet. I was in so the, was in the process of doing it. This is a good case for for networking. You know, in your current job, <laughs> that's definitely a good case for that. Like you're always uh, interviewing for your next position, right? Yeah, that's, but uh, the in the meantime, I was still trying to to stay with Southam and 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 keep a job with them. Because that's what you know. You've been doing it for what? How, was it ten years by eight now? Years eight with years them. with yeah. them. Yeah, but and like they the were whole, a great company yeah. and. Um, it, it, it was it was great, mm-hmm. and they had approached me and said, "We're thinking of launching a paper, but we're not quite sure how far we are with it." And I said, "You know, when do you think this is going to happen?" And they said, "Oh, we don't. We're not sure." And I said, "You know, I, I can't keep my life on hold for something that may or may not happen." Yeah. But they said, "You know what? Let's keep in touch. Let's stay like because we want to, to have you as okay. part of staff for so this." Keeping you on the line. And so in the meantime, I was looking, as I, as I said, like CP24 was just launching. Yeah. And like so much was happening in the city of Toronto. And how long is he allowing you to stay? And I think I was here. Space. <laughs> was like, I would come, you know, every day, every other day, whatever. <laughs> come in, leave, have appointments, go meet people for lunch, come back in again. What then an I interesting went to, opportunity to I know, have. I went to Florida for two weeks and I came back. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was great. And he was like, it, it doesn't matter. You can just, you know, come, come as you want. And mm. so at the, after about six weeks, Tom came to me and said, you know, we don't have a marketing person. Are you interested in doing that? Hmm. And I said, yeah, I've never done it before. Yeah. You had never done any marketing. No, but I thought, you know what? Yeah, I could, I, I think I could do that. And so I got hired as, as their marketing manager. So they didn't have anybody or they had somebody and they left, or they just hadn't started marketing? I don't marketing. think they had anyone, because I went to this desk that had like all these binders and things on it. And I think for the first six months working here, I was like a deer in the headlights, mm. thinking, oh my gosh, what have I done? And so you're having to market these products you know nothing, nothing about, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I, uh, I wanted to make the prospectus user-friendly, mm. so that... Okay. People like me and you yes. could understand it. Which is the whole point. So I decided to put a dictionary at the back that would explain what a terms. stock, what a bond. <laughs> Good, yeah. Uh, so that people would understand it a little bit better and make it kind of, kind of gentler. Mm. And that's where I realized that there's so many people out there that don't understand finance. And yes, financial so literacy is really important. Where are you with financial literacy, like at this time, are you, have you, have you changed? Have you evolved throughout? Like, 
Are you investing your money right up to this point? Oh, yeah, of course I was investing my money. But you, where did you learn how to do that? My parents. Okay, so what are you investing in? Back then, I really didn't understand the stock market. Yeah. However, were there funds? Then? No, it was, was to it? me, it was all GICs back then. Okay, yeah, because you, you could, could actually, get a GIC with eighteen percent. You could do that. <laughs> I just—it's still unbelievable for me to hear that. Yeah. Oh my God. I know that at that point, it was eighteen percent for a GIC, and then luckily, oh. Southam had a stock purchase option. Oh, okay. So you had stock uh, so, options for their so we stock. Could, and that was my first, that was my first, well, it was good because it helped me understand, even though I still didn't understand what a stock was, yeah. it helped me understand that there's something more than just the, the bank or, or the savings and GICs. Account. Savings account rate was probably high too. Well, it was and more I, than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> negative. <laughs> <laughs> more than negative. I think everybody should research you before should know what they you're doing. Yeah. make up their mind, whether it's investing, yeah. whether it's investing in a mutual fund, whether yeah. it's a stock, whether it's insurance. Because as I've done on my show, most people think that they need life insurance, but that's not the case. Not if you don't have anybody. If you don't have children yeah. and you're not married. Who's going to get the money? You know, you probably need critical illness. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Right? Which people don't even know about. And that's, that's, and that's the whole thing. I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing about financial literacy. Watch so, and learn and, and, and retain. And this was your policy as you were going through. You found out more about things, the stock option, stock purchase option, and GICs, which maybe well, you started to divest of the GICs once they, the 18% didn't exist anymore. Maybe it, eventually you move them around. But not everybody knows to even do that. But now you're, in, you're working in a place, so you're finding out a little more too about the products and you're learning that financial literacy is probably really bad in this country at that time. I think at that time and now is probably equal. Yeah. I think there's still a lot of people out there that are intimidated by finance. Yes. And what do people mostly do when they're intimidated? They don't want to learn about it. They run away from it. Head in the sand. And they deal with stuff that they know on a regular basis. Andrea Carter runs Wealthy Women Warrior, Mm. and she talks about the women's money mindset. And she talks about the fact that we will go and make a a doctor's appointment, or we will go make a reservation for dinner, but we won't make an appointment to go in and talk about our finances, which is really, I think it's detrimental for women because women live longer. And sadly, there are a lot of women out there that are immigrants that have had their husbands do everything. Yeah. And sadly, when their husband passes away, they don't know how to write a check and they don't know how to pay a bill. And this is this, some of its culture, some of its traditional behavior being carried forward. Yeah, culture, traditional, whatever. There, it, there's always some sort of a factor. Yeah. But the bottom line is the factor is very difficult for women, especially as they're yeah. getting older. Yeah. And I mean, it's not only that, but I mean, we have to educate ourselves on, you know, the finance of divorce. Mm. There's so many divorces going on. Yeah. We have to educate ourselves with online dating. There are a lot of women out there that have not met the person. Uh, I did a whole show with um, Constable Jennifer Horner from Peel Region. Mm. And we talked, we did a whole half hour show about, you know, there are some women out there that meet these guys online. And I mean, who doesn't want to be loved? We all want to be loved. We all want to be with somebody that uh, we get along with, enjoy our time with, we can take care of each other. And 
some of these women have never met these guys. They get charmed, and the guy starts asking them for some money, and they'll even mortgage their home. Is there is there any specific thing about? Is it like an age uh, bracket? Is it or just people who are inexperienced with the internet or what? Is there any reason? I think than, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. Maybe even you know if you've got somebody who's widowed, yeah, and a little bit older, sure, and you know has had that companion for fifty years mm-hmm. or forty years, and you know wants another companion. And they become vulnerable. So the financial literacy aspect though, uh, affects like all of these different things. Every there, there's so many. However, can I tell you? Please. I've had so many people reach out to me and say, "Can you please help me? I've watched your show, and now I've it's opened my eyes." Yeah. And can you just take a look and give me some? I'm not going to use the word advice because that's not the word. Some direction. Yeah, like, am I Some doing direction. the right thing? Am like, I... I have debt and I have this, okay, pay off your debt. Yeah. Right? Like, that's all they really need sometimes. Yeah. Just a little bit of, little push and... Like, I've never said to them, get rid of this portfolio and start this portfolio. That's not, that's not what my goal is with the show. No, no, And that's no. not what I no, want to do. And we don't want to talk I, about products. And and no, I will not, not yeah. I will not do that. No. However, I will refer them to somebody if they need help. Sure, yeah. And I, you know, like Lori Campbell. Yes. Absolutely. Brilliant. Credit Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Not for profit. They they do make nothing off. That you go in and see Lori and her team, and they will help you Mm -hmm. get out of a hole or not get into it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And Kelly Keene. Yes. Who's a huge financial literacy advocate in our country. Is it worth talking about? why this exists or is, or should we just be talking about how to fix it? I, I'm curious. Well, I don't so know. What, what do what's the solution? The solution is, Education. is, but what if they don't want to be educated? Like, yeah, that's a good question. What do we do to help people who don't want, don't want to be helped? Well, here, okay, well, here's the thing. Here's this TV show, which is a great tool to mm-hmm. help people. Let's say the name of the TV show. Finance is personal. And on CH? On CH and on YouTube on, and yeah, on yeah. Facebook. Probably more accessible on YouTube because yeah. I don't have television. And, <laughs> you know, there there's incredible accolades about the show. And people, yes. you know, I get emails saying I learned something. My, my goal was to put this TV show together, mm-hmm. um, especially for women. Because, yes. as I said, um, women, you don't see a lot of women on on, on business shows. Yes. It's typically male-oriented. Yep. There are a lot of incredible, smart women in our industry Absolutely. that have an, an incredible voice. Recent uh, authors of personal finance books, even. There's, there's so many women out there that have so much to give and so much intellectual property mm-hmm. that they can share. And there are so many women out there that want to learn. When I thought about the show, I thought if... if Somebody that watches the show and can walk away with one good piece of information, then yeah. I've done my thing. Like, yes. I've, I've done it all. And as I said, there's been so much positive feedback about the show, yet it's so difficult to find a sponsor for it. And I thought it would be, it would be an easier yeah. thing because, I mean, look at what's going on right now, especially right now. Yeah, right. This is, this is know, the time. If, yeah, this is the time. This is the time, exact time for a show like yours. And... I cannot, you know, it's, it's really That's difficult to find to a sponsor. Some people might make the argument that it's not necessary to have something specifically for women. And what would you say to that? And Because this is the whole, your whole show is specifically. Well, you know what? I, I would disagree with that. Okay, because yeah. if you look at 
all the institutions out there right now, with, they've done surveys, and mm. the surveys have said that a lot of the meetings that they have is not geared towards women. It's mm. not gender-friendly. And women feel, some, some women, let's yeah. preface, sure, sure. some women feel intimidated going into a bank or a brokerage or whatever and talking about money because they don't want to be talked down to. Yeah, because that's what happens. And this is what I've read, and this is, I'm not making it up, and it's not something that I think that I've been sitting at home thinking. This is what I've read. And a lot of the institutions are trying to make um, the experience more female friendly, and they're looking for female advisors. And there aren't that many female advisors out there There either. But that's why when I started doing the show, and I thought, you know what, this is a great opportunity to only have women guests. Yes. And start focusing on women. I love it, and I also wish you didn't have to. You know what I mean? I wish it wasn't a thing that you had to focus on. I wish I didn't have to go look for diversity. <laughs> well, you've been a great champion of my show, too. You've, you've sent out some really positive tweets and tried to promote it. So I thank you for that. Yes, yeah, so you're welcome. And I, it's because, I don't know, when I see th- something like your show, it screams positivity to me. Thank you. I want to use this platform that I have to promote diversity because I think it's important. Diversity of, of thought and our and whole country is diverse. It's so diverse, and but there's so many things still that don't represent the country. So yeah, I'll promote your show. Thank you. I love it. I've had 15-year-olds say they really like the show and they've been sharing it with their friends. Amazing. And I've had 85-year-olds say, "Wow, this has been great," and I'm going to share it with my friends. Yeah. And that is an awesome thing to hear that you have the whole spectrum of women, Mm -hmm. young girls and women. And I I don't think you can ask for anything more. And I think it's easy to mentor someone too. So Mm. if somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I need some help, help me out. I think mentoring is an incredible way to do it. Mm. And another way of of forwarding kindness Mm. and giving back and helping somebody with their future. Yeah. Well, I really liked our conversation. Me too. We, we went on a, a couple of different routes, which I like. We because did. if we stuck to question and answer, it can get stale. It could. And ben. that's not the kind of show I want. I want people to get to know you, and then they're very, much more likely to go listen to your show now. Oh, thank you. And so can you say the name of it again? It's called Finance is Personal. And YouTube is probably the best place. YouTube, yeah. Finance is personal. You can YouTube it. This show has a Facebook page as well. And you're on Twitter. I am on Twitter. Yeah, just at Enamovsky. At Enamovsky. I'll put all the all this in the in the show notes. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. I'd love to get your feedback on this episode in my new Facebook group. To find the group, go to Facebook and search for the Personal Finance Show. Once you're approved, you'll be able to interact with me and previous guests of the show and other fans as well. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Personal Finance Show. Next week, my guest will be anonymous Canadian blogger, Mr. Prairie Fire.